you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes put him up along with my man Brian Baldinger and of course Jason Lockon for a part of this podcast as well. Well, Baldy, it came and it went. And we were talking for weeks about the schedule release and what we might think or see or how this might shake out. I mean, for me, I said this. This is like Christmas, right? We're opening presents. We're seeing who's playing, when. No doubt. And now I get a real sense, as I know you do, with how things may shake out this season. So first impressions, um, and we can talk about the international games, which we did a little bit of, but now we know what that kind of looks like in, in a complete form. The opening game, Detroit at Kansas City, and ball, a lot of people are saying, wait a minute, why is Detroit getting to They feel just well, strong. You know, I mean, I know they won eight of the last 10 games, and I know they had a top five offense, and I know all that. Defensively, they weren't very good last year um, at all. And I don't know how much they've improved. They drafted Jack Campbell. And, you know, they added a couple pieces in free agency, a couple cornerbacks. Um, that's as good an offense as there is in football with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and mm-hmm. everything that they have. Like, that's a big challenge because I remember I did Kansas City's opening game last year in Arizona, Carl, and they put up 42 points on the Cardinals in that game, and they took they, they sat everybody down in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's like one of those deals where I could have scored 60, but I like you, Cliff. I took it easy on you. And we <laughs> backed right. off. We backed <laughs> off, and we put up 42. Like, I feel like – if Detroit's not ready, Kansas City could put up 42. And, okay, it's still Patrick Mahomes. It's the opener. It's Thursday night. But we have seen some awesome games to kick off the season. I remember Micah Parsons opening game uh, with the Dallas Cowboys in Tampa coming off the Super Bowl, and it went. It was a nail-biter. I mean, it was back and forth, and it was a great game. Last year, great game. I, I don't know that Detroit has enough defense yet. I know they're like the young darlings and everybody wants to kind of put them on a pedestal right now because Aaron Rodgers is going to Green Bay and it's their division to win. That's a big gamble, I think, by the league to put them on that opening game of the year to kick things off. Yeah, um, and maybe the league says, Baldy, you know what? we got a built-in audience. We're the NFL. I mean, people okay, are going to well, watch. No, good point, Carl. You know? Good point. And, and they're like, hey, yeah, we'll throw them in there. People are going to want to see the Chiefs. They're the Super Bowl champions. And, and, you know, the reality is, look, when preseason starts and we're like, oh, I hate preseason because I hear it every year, we're still watching. <laughs> we're still paying attention to the meaningless preseason game. So, but, Baldy, I'm with you. I was a little bit surprised about Detroit um, being thrown into that, that kickoff game. First Monday night game, you predicted this. You talked about it, I think, two weeks ago. When you said, wouldn't it be something if the Jets are playing maybe the Giants or the Bills on, on Monday night and it's Jets-Bills on 9-11, the 22nd anniversary yeah. of 9-11. I, I got to say this, man. There's going to be a lot of emotion. There always is. But, you know, with the anticipation of how good the Jets may be, that's an incredible Monday night. It's incredible. I mean, it, you know, it's a, it's a built-in, proven team with the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. You know they're going to deliver. They're going to, you know, they're, they're, they're a, a premier franchise in this business right now. And look, I mean, Aaron Rodgers sells. Aaron Rodgers in New York sells, Carl. We, yep. They got five primetime games, the Jets. And it starts with that Monday night. Um, I don't know. 
like it, it, it's hard to just put, okay, Joe Namath to, to now. It's hard to put 50 years of perspective sometimes. But I can't think of a Jets, maybe Rex Ryan there in his second year. I can't remember a more anticipated Jets opener than this one. Yeah. In their stadium on 9-11, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman in the booth, um, national TV. Um, I can't remember a more anticipated opening game for the Jets in my lifetime than this one. And it's for the whole country to see. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is like, okay, that's why I came here. I came here like, I, I, I'm telling you, like, the Jets are – so Aaron Rodgers sells. And Aaron Rodgers in New York sells big. And that's why they're there to, to kick things off on that Monday night. Let's talk about the Jets a little bit, Baldy. Um, they host the Bills, obviously, then to Dallas on a short week, okay? And these are the kind of things, guys, we look at that shape out a season. And can you maneuver it? Then it's three of four games at home, okay, for the Jets with the Patriots, Chiefs, Eagles. And Say that have- again, Carl. Say, say that say that row of games again. <laughs> Patriots, Chiefs, Eagles, all right, three of the next four at home. This is after the Bills open up against the Jets. Then the Dallas, all right, on a short week. Patriots, Chiefs, Eagles, and then a road game at Denver. Guys, that, that is tough. Your bye week comes week seven for the Jets. But here's the kicker. Ten games at MetLife for the Jets this season. One game, obviously, is going to be when they are playing the Giants as the away team. So nine home games. So that fares very well for them. And then during that span in which the Jets won't have to travel after that, that, you know, that road game against the Giants where they're at home, Baldy, they're at home for like 30 days. They're not traveling. You're right. So that's a big deal. Yes, they, they start out the season very difficult, but you're talking about a span of about four weeks where they're not, they don't have to leave their houses and they're at home. That may bode well for them. So this is, again, breaking down the Jets' schedule. What do you think? Well, a, a couple of things. I mean, that first six games, I mean, for, you know, you got Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs. They, they, they can't beat the Patriots. They haven't been able to beat them. I mean, it's been awful now. Things will change this year, maybe. But I mean, I see the Eagles going. I mean, we'll get to the Eagles in a little bit here. But the Eagles might. They started eight zero last year. The only undefeated team after eight weeks. They lost to Washington on Monday night. But they, I, I feel like they could start eight zero and they play the Cowboys on a Monday night in the ninth week. But you know, you've got national TV games Monday night against the Bills, Sunday night against the Chiefs at home. So right. you, you know. It, it, so much of this is the quarterback matchups. And we have talked about the, the quarterbacks in the AFC and just how loaded this conference is, especially with Aaron Rodgers coming over, Tua being healthy. But they've got, you know, Monday night games against the Chargers, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert. Aaron Rodgers on Sunday night against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, there it, it is some elite matchups. But that first six games, Carl, like, I don't know if they can find some way to get to just be three and three after six games and then the bye week hits. Like, I got to feel like they got to feel pretty fortunate right there. And I'm sure, you know, any Jet fans, I'm selling them short, but that that is a tough, tough stretch to start. Projected wins, by the way, 
if you're into those kinds of things, is 10 wins for the Jets. Okay, so that's projected. And I'm looking at the schedule and I'm going, do I see 10 wins? Now, I think I do, but it's all going to depend on that stretch. And here's the deal. you, Baldy, you know this. You can't in the NFL expect to get to the playoffs if you have a stretch of three losses, four losses, right? A win, and then you're in another stretch of losses. It's very hard to overcome. If you win two, lose one, win three, lose two, you're more prone to kind of be in the mix. And I'm just saying – there's a chance they could start off and, and maybe drop three or four of these games. And all of a sudden now people are freaking out. And it's kind of interesting to see, you know, the NFL with all these flex games at the end of the season, right? They want to make sure they're getting the best games. We want the best games as fans. So I love it. But you see all these primetime games really earlier in the season for the Jets because they're not going to take the chance to say, hey, what's going to happen at the end of the season? Well, I mean, look, I, I have said that Aaron Rodgers coming to New York, it, it really – I mean, you can say, okay, it's deja vu, Brett Favre going from Green Bay, eight, you know, whatever it was 18 years ago. But like it reminds me an awful lot of Tom Brady going to Tampa in 2020 because Tampa had never won anything, you know, under Jameis Winston and sure. a, a series of coaches since, you know, uh, Tony Dungy Gruden left. And so they nobody thought that they were even playoff worthy. They, they were – under 500 with Jameis Winston the year before. Uh, they were not a good football team at all. And Tom Brady goes there. And all of a sudden you go, oh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Oh, Gronk is here. Oh, you know, A.B. comes midseason. Well, you know, whatever. That's right. You know, here comes uh, Fournette. Like all of a sudden, a lot like some of the guys that are kind of traveling with Aaron Rodgers, you go, nobody thinks that the Jets are a Super Bowl team. But now that you see the schedule, you go, oh, this is going to be but I felt like I said the same thing about Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay. And they, you know, they end up, they, they got beat by Kansas City on a Monday night. And literally, Kansas City scored every time they touched the ball in the first half. And you're like, oh, they're not ready. And then they went on a run and they won eight in a row, including the Super Bowl. And so, and wiping up Kansas City in, in a rematch to do it. And I feel like maybe this, maybe this is the Jets. Maybe. Aaron Rodgers in New York is the Jets. It's almost like the same age Brady was when he went there. Yeah. The whole thing feels eerily similar to me. They got to go do it, but it feels eerily similar. Baldy, and, and, you know, we talk about this. One guy can change the culture of a team, right? If he's special, he can come in, especially at that position. We, he can change the culture of a team. You can get a star, you know, defensive player. He can change the culture of a defense. Last thing on the Jets, three of their last four on the road. At Miami, at New England, and then a Thursday night game at Cleveland. Point is, that may come down to them having to win some of those games at the end to position themselves for the playoffs. So it starts tough, a little bit easier in the middle, and then at the end, you're still playing those tough division games and then at Cleveland. I'm expecting Cleveland to be a, a, a better team this year. Yeah, Deshaun Watson, a full off season. I have to figure that he's going to be better and look like the Deshaun Watson we saw a couple of years ago with the Houston Texans. Guys, it's in the huddle. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, Jason Lockon for a part of this podcast as well. It's all things NFL. In the huddle. We go inside of teams. We talk to stars. We talk to people. Make sure you subscribe. Tuesdays and Thursdays is normally when we put our new episodes out. But because of the uh, the, the schedule drop, we wanted to make sure we came back on Friday and talk a little bit more about things that are going on now that we know what this looks like. All right, Baldy. A um, couple other things uh, as we talk about this schedule. 
I'm looking at, for example, the Dolphins, okay? And I know a lot of this has to do with Tua's health. Projected wins, by the way, guys, 10 wins, all right? In a very tough division. We already just talked about, you know, what's going on, Jets, Patriots. But they're on the road three of the first four weeks, and we always talk about getting off to a good start. And then they're at the Chargers and then the Patriots. And then four of the final five games are at home. So they have an advantage there as they get the Jets, the Cowboys, at Ravens and Bills. What do you think about the Dolphins' schedule, how it laid out? Well, it, 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 it's a tough start, stretch. You know, to go to the Chargers and to New England to start the season, you're on the road. There's, I think, four teams that start on the road uh, the first two games, like the Cowboys well, – not the Cowboys, but, uh, uh, you know, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, one of sure. those teams. Sure. So there's a couple teams out there. So that's always a tough stretch. Um, I think this, though, I've always I've been saying this for years. It's even more so now, Carl. Like September is the new August. Nobody really plays in preseason. Like, I mean, so, you know, teams are I, I talk to teams like the Eagles are a big team to scrimmage in preseason. Scrimmage getting ready, like they came down, they scrimmaged against the Dolphins two days last year. Uh, you know, and they play the Dolphins in preseason game. Like, I think teams get more out of scrimmages now than into these preseason games. But the point is, you're right, is tackling is poor. Execution isn't very good. Like, if you're going to go on the road the first two weeks, you're probably going against with against the team, whoever they are, that's kind of like you. They're, they're trying to figure out what they're good at, what the offense is. Um, you know, they're trying to get the kinks out. They're trying to figure out their lineups in some ways, in some cases. Like, I just feel like the first two weeks of the season, maybe even the first three weeks, like teams are are what preseason used to be. Get yourself in a shape because nobody's playing. So is any, you know, who's in preseason, who's in shape to play four quarters, that kind of thing. So I think that's, that's part of it. But look, the Dolphins, I mean, they're one of these teams right now that people are expecting big things from. Yeah. Uh, Mike McDaniel's second year, playoff team a year ago. We feel they're better. Tua's back. Uh, he still finished the season last year ranked number one in quarterback rankings when he did play. He was extremely productive, high percentage, completion percentage, very, very productive. And uh, so, but, you know, you get Chargers, New England, and Buffalo on the road <laughs> through the first four weeks. And, oh, by the way, Denver's coming with Sean Payton for the one home game. Um, week three, that, that that's a that's a tough that's a tough start, and everybody wants to get off to a good start. But one thing you said earlier, though, Carl, is I always feel like teams that get off to a good start, especially if they put a stretch of four or five wins together at some point, they usually end up in the playoffs, regardless of what happens. Like they just right. get off to such a good start, the record they might limp into the playoffs. But they generally, if you put a four or five game win streak together at some point during the season, you generally become a playoff team. The other thing I'll say is, you know, I was going back and forth between the two networks last night watching the schedule release. So, you know, because they all had, you know, special guests on. You sure. Know, the announcers were all on last night. So, so, anyways, there's going to be prominent AFC quarterbacks that we talk about at the top of the food chain that aren't going to be in the playoffs. Now, Russell Wilson was that guy last year, not in the playoffs, didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. But, you know, when you look at the AFC with with just the AFC East, with Tua, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, 
uh, with Josh Allen. And then you just go through the list. You say Deshaun Watson and Cleveland and Joe Burrow, et cetera, et cetera. Somebody's staying home, Carl. Somebody's <laughs> going to be vastly disappointed yeah. when we get to the playoffs this year. There's no doubt. And I'll say this, too, about the preseason stuff. It's funny you mentioned that because – and, guys, we're talking about um, teams having practices together, okay? So they practice for a few days together, and through these practices, they're working on stuff. But it's usually one-on-ones, right? I mean, we're talking one-on-one, meaning – starters and then they'll they'll have a scrimmage uh leading up to the preseason game usually uh in some cases and in other cases it's just a team coming in and and to your point baldy guys i've talked with coaches i've talked with said they get more work out of that than they do those preseason games and i talked to uh to arthur smith about this a couple of years ago when Mm -hmm. he first got the team and when he first got to the falcons he didn't play anybody in the preseason no matt ryan was here he was just afraid to play anybody and they came out flat. They just they, they were terrible. And I remember seeing him the the off season going into season two, which was last year. And I said, Art, mm, tell me you're going to play some of these guys in the preseason. And he said, you know what? I talked to Belichick about this, and he said you got to play some of your guys to give them a rhythm, even yeah. though it's preseason. And it was kind of like he was so afraid because the team didn't have a lot of depth. He didn't want to play anybody to get him hurt and then put him behind the eight ball. So he kind of explained his theory to me, but he said, listen, going forward, I've got to, I got to play some of these guys that I was reluctant to because that's just, it's going to prepare us for the start of the season. Cause the worst thing you want to do, Baldy, as you said, come out flat, lose two or three straight. And then all of a sudden the, all the momentum you had going into the season just, just dissipates. So just an interesting thought there. I, I agree with you about the scrimmages. Let me ask you about this. It's uh, Carl Duke's guys, Brian Baldinger. It's in the huddle. The Ravens. I expect the Ravens to be back in the playoffs, okay? Mm-hmm. But I keep thinking about Lamar Jackson and his availability. Four of their first six games are away from Baltimore, but it's the final four where they're at Jacksonville, at San Francisco in weeks 15 and 16, and then – Dolphins and Steelers at home to finish. And I'm not being, you know, negative Nelly here. The reality is, is Lamar going to be available at the end of the season for those games to maybe get them in the playoffs? And I just started thinking about this. Again, projected wins, Baldy, for, for the Ravens, 10. I, I don't know if they get 10 wins in that division. That division is going to be tough. Well, I don't – if Lamar doesn't finish the season like he hasn't in each of the last two years where he's missed – 11 total games, but the final five games in each of the last two years, and then a playoff game. Like, they're not getting the 10 wins with if Lamar misses five games. I mean, he's just not going to do it. Mm-mm. So the offense, I believe, like even when he was setting, you know, crazy records and winning a unanimous MVP, was he 22 years old when he won a unanimous? I mean, you, 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 like Josh Allen has addressed it this year. Like, there's certain things you can't do, Carl. I mean, look. I've seen it with Mike Vick. I've seen him. I played with Randall Cunningham. Like you can't keep running the way that he has run as good as he is without a being conscious of the number of hits that you're taking. And look, you can't legislate against injuries, but if you're running 120 to 150 times a year, something's going to happen. I don't care who you are. You're going to get hurt. Yeah, and so I'm anxious to see, and I and, and I stop. I, I I used to be really harsh on Lamar, going get out of bounds, get down. You got the first down, get out to stop this stuff. 
<laughs> and he was like, ah, I'm going to put my head down and get my extra yards. Like, stop it. You like you, availability is just too important, Carl. Like he has to adjust his style. And yeah. Otherwise, I don't know if we're going to get 17 games out of them. And if they don't get 17 games, Carl, in that division, I don't, like, I don't think they qualify. I don't either. That's that's the thing about – and I think the Ravens are going to be good. I do think they tried to upgrade around Lamar. I like Todd Munkin as a new OC and all of that. But this is really about first four of the first six on the road, handle that, and then those final four, availability. Uh, because it's just something you have to think about. All right, Baldy, um, we love Big Red. I think the Chiefs are the attraction. They got six primetime games, three in the first six weeks they're in primetime. And then, um, you know, they get the rematch with the Eagles, which is going to be great. But the bye comes before that rematch, so I give the advantage to Big Red. I'm talking about Andy Reid, guys, because coming off of a bye, getting ready for a team like that, he's great. And then the final four, uh, you know, final, what, four of the final seven games on the road for the Chiefs. Here's what I'm getting at. I think they can get back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I, I think they can get back to the Super Bowl, Baldy, after the schedule comes out and I'm going, this is manageable. I, I think the Chiefs can win 12 games again this year. I do too. I do too. And uh, Andy Reid was on one of the networks last night and he seemed like he was in a good mood. You know, he was, he was on both networks, actually, both ESPN and NFL Network. And, you know, he was, he was in a good mood. Look, there's still the – I don't know how – they won the AFC West six years in a row, seven years in a row. It's a crazy number. Like, I don't see – like, I, the Chargers might be able to beat them. They always play them tough. Yeah. You know, the Raiders have won a game. Denver has never beaten Patrick Mahomes. Never. Okay? Patrick Mahomes' first start in the league was Week 17, 2017, against Denver – and he beat Denver in his only start that year. Like he's, The Denver Broncos have never beaten Patrick Mahomes. Now, maybe Sean Payton, things will, maybe it'll change. But they're still the class of the division. So if you win the division again another year, you're, you're playing a home playoff game, whether it's your number one seed or number, whatever. You're at Arrowhead at home. Now, I know they've gotten beat there. You know, Cincinnati beat them two years ago at home. But it's just like it's set up for them. It's just set up, and you go, it's still Andy Reid. It's still Patrick Mahomes. It's still a crazy – it's still Travis Kelsey. It's still Spagnola on the other side. You know, it's it's still Brett Veach bringing in these draft picks that seem to just be able to plug and play, whether it's fixing the offensive line two years ago with Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, whether it's the rookies in the secondary last year. Like, they are just ahead of the game right now. Yeah, I uh, I believe they're still the overwhelming favorite going into the season to be the best team. Um, and and again, Baldy, we've talked about this on this podcast. Guys, they won that Super Bowl with nine rookies contributing to a Super Bowl run, which in some way, shape, or fashion, you know, you just got to look at that and go, you think those guys are going to come back and be better. They retool the offensive line. You still got Mahomes. You still got Kelsey. Sky Moore is going to be better. I mean, you just start – Pacheco. You just start going through as you – they got to be the, the the season favorites at least going into well, the season. If you think about it, Carl, I mean, if you just go, okay, they come in at halftime of the game, they're getting beat by the Eagles. And then Andy Reid's like up on the chalkboard or the whiteboard, whatever he's – he's like, okay, this is what we're going to do, blah, blah, blah. And they go out there and they're unstoppable right. in the second half. 
And oh, while they were unstoppable, a rookie named Sky Moore caught a touchdown pass. And a guy that the Giants said, we're never going to get anything out of, you know, um, Cardarius Tony. And Cardarius Tony catches a touchdown pass. And they were unstoppable against a defensive front that looked like they could sack any quarterback in the league multiple. Like, okay, you give Andy Reid like 12 minutes at halftime, like he'll come out with a different game plan and they won't get stopped. Like, they're just – it's just that type of a coach quarterback situation. And so it's hard to, you, you'd be crazy to bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid right now to return. Right. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I think they're the favorite guys. Um, let's talk about the Cowboys. Cause I know there's a lot of anticipation, by the way, we talk about this every year. It's hard to repeat in the NFC East as champions, right? The Eagles were the last ones to do it when they won, you know, four, division titles and went to, you know, four straight NFC championship games in the early 2000s. None of that culminated with the Super Bowl win. And then you talk about last year winning the division. So you would expect, hey, maybe the Cowboys come back and win this division, even though I think the Eagles are still going to be in the playoffs. But what did you make of their schedule, Baldy? How do you feel about the Cowboys? Well, I've just looked at the final month of the season, Carl. I don't know what the record's going to be, you know, after 13 games, okay, and there's a stretch in there where they play three straight home games in a row starting week 12, Thanksgiving Day, yeah, which we'll get to, uh, part of that triple header on Thanksgiving Day. They play Washington on Thanksgiving. They, they follow with Seattle, so you got 10 days to get ready for Seattle at home, and then they play the Eagles. Okay, so – And, and then, then the final, final four games yeah. are they go to Buffalo, they go to Miami – they played Detroit at home and they finished at Washington. Like it's it's a tough finish, regardless of what the record is. Um, that, that's a, that's a three out of four games on the road um, after three home games, and then that home game is Detroit. And we'll see what the Lions are doing at that point in the season. But they're 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 um, they're in prime time quite a bit. Uh, they see their home opener is against the Jets. I'd like to, if we, if we had a stat guy on our show, Carl, we had, you know, like all networks have that stat guy. Yes. You, yeah, give yeah. A, you give him a nugget, like go work on this. Like, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers record is in Dallas, but I know it's a winning record. Like I, I'm pretty sure his first start was in Dallas, you know, backing up Brett Favre, or at least his first appearance in the NFL was at Dallas. I know they had that crazy good playoff game where they won, where Des Bryant, you know, fumbled or, not fumble, whatever it was. He's four he's four and oh, Baldy. Real quick, he's four and oh at ATT Stadium. Okay. Including his Super Bowl. So he's never lost oh, at ATT okay. Stadium. So we that, that that his Super Bowl win was in that stadium. Yep. Playoff win in that stadium. First game in the NFL, and that's like Aaron Rodgers in that stadium is is it been undefeated. And the Cowboys open, and that will be. Like when you get when they build that game up, Carl. Like we just already did the nugget. Like, Aaron, like you could just see, like Aaron, like the, the pregame build up, and there's Aaron Rodgers over here. Here's Dak Prescott. Here's you know here's his former coach that he won a Super Bowl with. Now coaching the Cowboys. You can build the storylines right away. And then the final nugget is Aaron Rodgers undefeated at AT and T Stadium. 
you know, as they cut away to Jerry Jones, it's a long <laughs> look. You know, like, we all could produce this, Carl. Me and you could produce this thing in the truck. We know the shots that you got to go get. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Brian Baldinger, guys. Um, again, Jason Lockout for part of this podcast. And we appreciate you guys checking us out. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Like us. Don't miss an episode as we talk all things NFL. And as we get into the meat of the offseason now, really talking about teams, we're going to be grabbing some guests and, and whatnot. And, doing some different things on the podcast. Um, as we're talking about, you know, these teams and, and what it looks like, Carolina Panthers, we have to talk about them because they had the first overall pick, Bryce Young. I think it was uh, their general manager, Baldy. I'm trying to remember. There's so much stuff that I, I you know, we come across. Around. Yeah. He said that Bryce Young may not be ready and that Andy Dalton may be the week one starter. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Uh, are you kidding? You just gave up all this draft capital. You had you had the world, you know, on on edge, and then you're telling us Andy Dalton may be the starter okay. week one. All right, so let's go back in time and let's try to make an analogy here, Carl. All right, because I know I know you know what I'm going to say very very well. But 2008, Mike Smith comes to Atlanta. All right, and they draft Matt Ryan with the third pick in the draft. And you know there was a split in Atlanta at that time, Matt Ryan versus a defensive lineman. You know, um, and which way to go. And I, I was doing the Falcon preseason games in 08. So I remember talking to Mike Smith and, you know, the, the staff about they didn't give the job to Matt Ryan, but they they allowed him to win the job in preseason. Mm. So they didn't start him the first preseason game, but they started him like the second and definitely the third. And they gave him the two-minute drill. They gave him a no-huddle offensive thing. Like They, they gave him enough – to prove that he's capable of and then, you know, he won the job, had a great rookie season and went to the play. I mean, they turned things around three and 13, you know, they, they, they got the running back from the chargers. You know, they, they put this thing together pretty quickly and they turned things around. And I kind of feel like, okay, Scott Fitterer can say, well, you know, we got Andy Dalton. I, I feel like they should allow Bryce Young the chance to win the job in preseason and they should structure it whether it's scrimmages, preseason games, because I, I feel like Bryce Young has to prove to his team that he's ready to do it. But okay. you can you, you got to do it in a way that allows the team to see, like, his talent and what he's capable of doing. Like, I don't think – even Anthony Richardson, I don't think they should just give these guys the job. C.J. Stroud, like, go win the job. You know, every once in a while, you're Joe Burrow, you're the first pick in the draft, you just won a national championship, all right. Like, it's pretty easy. I, I feel like structure your preseason game scrimmages where Bryce Young can prove his talent and prove being number one and then let him, you know, start the season if he's good, if, if he can do that. It's interesting. Uh, and I do agree with you, especially from a team standpoint, because guys want to know, hey, he's got it, right? The only way yeah. you know that is if you see him. Right. Every day at practice and you're like, damn, he made that throw. Wow, he yeah. made the right read it builds that confidence from the other guys to say, yo, he should be our starter. I've already circled the Cowboys going to Carolina uh, November the 19th. Only because by then, I think we will know what Bryce Young looks like. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be going up against a really good defense. I, I, I may end up going to that game. Just, you know, I, last night I'm sitting there going, I'm going to oh, go yeah. to that one. I'm going to go to that sure. one. You know, and, uh, and and he's going up against a really good defense. And I'm like, Maybe I might check that out. Uh, that's going to be interesting. But we wanted to mention Carolina because with the number one pick, 
they are going to get some buzz. I don't think they're they're not Super Bowl ready and all that. We'll see how the season goes. It's Frank Reich's first season. But I love the way he's insulated himself with this staff and the veteran guys. I mean, you know, he's got some some really good voices around him. But I don't know about the talent yet, so we've got to wait to see. But I am curious to see at what point Bryce separates and takes the job and then, mm-hmm. you know, he runs with it. All right, Baldy, um, as we're talking about the NFL schedule release, guys, lots going on. Obviously, everybody's looking at their teams and trying to figure out how many games they can win and, you know, what's this going to look like, not only at the beginning of the season, but maybe at the middle part and then at certainly at the end. We're talking about projected wins and all of that stuff. And just going through some of the star expected to do really well. Oh, Baldy, what about the 49ers? Because we don't know if Brock Purdy is going to be ready I know they got all that stuff, right? Ayuk and Devo and McCaffrey. You still need a quarterback. We saw that in the playoff game. So what happens? Garoppolo's gone. If Purdy's not ready, then they're going to go with Darnold? Well, so they open in Pittsburgh. They open in, The first two games are on the road. They go to, they go to Pittsburgh. They go to um, the Rams. All right, yep. division game. Oh, by the way, week one is interesting. Um there's eight, eight of the 16 games week one are division games. Okay, so it's kind of interesting. Usually they, they kind of like really sprinkle those in heavy dose towards the end of the season. But you find out a lot within the division right away. You know, uh, you know Jets, Buffalo. and So, anyways, that was what just kind of popped into my head. But, sure. you no, know, look, I, we, we don't know. Like, San Francisco has been in this situation a bunch. You know, is Trey, Trey Lance is healthy right now. Okay, like I'm just curious as they go into this, the OTA part of the offseason and the the facilities are open and guys are training. Like, is Trey Lance getting the majority of the reps while Brock Purdy is rehabilitating? Or is Sam Darnold getting a chance to compete with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy? So, you know, I mean, people just want to say, ah, Sam Darnold, you know, he's trash. I mean, that's what a fan would say. Yeah. He won four of his last six games in Carolina and played pretty well. I agree. For a team that was looking to make a change at coach and interim head coach and all that stuff. He won four of his last six games. He got Carolina back into the playoff race, and he looked pretty good doing it. He's never been in a good situation, and he has had injuries, and he hasn't played well at times. He saw ghost against the Patriots, uh, the, the famous line, all that stuff. But, he, look, quarterbacks get better when they're with Kyle Shanahan. They just yeah. get better. They do. Like you can see the best of a quarterback with Kyle. And the talent around, you know, Kyle on offense right now is elite. So I'd like to see what Sam Darnold looks like. And I'm not knocking Trey Lance. I like the kid. But he's played very little football. And you can only get better if you play. He's going into his third year. You know, he started four games. So we don't know what Trey Lance is. Nobody does. John Lynch doesn't know. Kyle Shanahan doesn't know. We don't know. Like if, if Brock, they're not going to put Brock out there before he's ready. You just, you know, it's just common sense. But how do you know when he's like, I just want to see like that elbow, like you got to make sure that thing is ready and healed before you start throwing it and working him in and all that. So I don't know if he's going to be out there week one. I don't think anybody knows at this point. And it'll be interesting to see if he's not who that quarterback is going to be and how they determine it. 49ers, by the way. Play the Cowboys rematch of the playoff game, except this time it's in Dallas. Uh, that is October 8th. Week five. 
Sunday night football. Yeah. So that, that's one that, that I'm looking forward to. They got the Bengals on the schedule a few weeks later. Um, you know, this, this is, is going to be interesting for the 49ers, who, again, are immensely talented. Um, and injuries slowed them down, and they were still able to, to do what they did last year because of the depth on the defensive side. We know they lost to Miko Ryans, but I still think that's going to be a team that's going to have a, a say as into what happens in the NFC as we move forward, as the schedule has, has come out. All right, Baldy, a couple more, couple more let things. Me, Go let ahead. Me, let, let's take a look at Philadelphia here for a second because I yeah. was going through their schedule last night. And I'm doing a show today with Rodney. This is a we're, we're taping this on Friday. So I'm doing a show with Rodney McLeod, a former Eagle, now with the Cleveland Browns. But um, sure. like just like so they open up in New England. Tom Brady's going to return. OK, that's a big thing. Like, you know, Robert Crafts has said that I've reached out to the greatest player in NFL history, Tom Brady, <laughs> and he's going to be back. So the yeah. emotion and celebrating Tom Brady, a Patriot back there, he's out of the, you know, out of the league for the first time since, you know, whenever 19, you know, whatever it is right now, 2000. So anyways, so they, they go, they go to New England week one, we will be favored. They open home opener Monday night against Minnesota, just raw emotion inside Lincoln financial field, Minnesota. They go to Tampa Bay. We think they're kind of a rebuilding process right here. Yes. They play Washington at home. They go to a Rams team that looks like they're in a rebuilding process. They go to the New York Jets up the turnpike. Um, they play the Miami Dolphins at home, and they go to Washington. We don't know what they are. But if you just look at that stretch, that's eight the first eight weeks, Carl. Like They started the season off 8-0 last year. Like I just tweeted out last night, are the Eagles going to be 8-0 um, this year before they play Dallas at home, and then they get their bye week? Like, that stretch – it's not a tough stretch. It's not. It's not. And, and Baldy, here's the thing. They took care of their corners. So I'm just going to point out, like, the Dolphins game. You go, well, what about the Dolphins? The defense is still stout, okay? And they added to it. Um, listen, if Aaron Rodgers has magic on that, you know, that, that Sunday afternoon uh, in between the Rams and Dolphins, maybe that might be the one loss. But I'm I'm looking at this with you. I, I kind of agree. Um their run game is going to be – I think the Eagles' run game is going to be improved with Swift, who they traded for. You still have to account for Jalen. And I just think coming off the Super Bowl run, confidence is high. Like, they, they believe this is what they should be doing. This is not like, oh, well, that was a fluke last year. I kind of agree with you, Baldy. This could easily be 8-0 going against the Cowboys on that Sunday, uh, what, November 5th, 425 yes. kickoff. And now, you know, this is the Eagles either slapping the Cowboys and saying, we still own this division, or the Cowboys responding and saying, hey, this is going to be our thing this year. But I, I'm with you. This is a very manageable schedule for the Eagles to put themselves back in playoff position. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're a marquee team. There's a bunch of those games starting Monday night against Minnesota and Monday night against Dallas before their bye week, you know, which comes at a – you know, like if I'm looking at anybody's schedule – Okay, and I'm not favoring one team or the other here, but I'm looking, where's the buy? That's the first thing I'm seeing. Where's the buy? Where do we get our rest? You know, um, what do we have after the right immediately after the buy? Um, do we have because we'll, we'll get to the games over in London, but in uh, outside of, the, you know, in, in Germany and whatnot. Sure. But, um, so that, that's so the, the Eagles get a buy in week 10. 
you know, after a Monday night game against the Cowboys, uh, where they might have, you know, a shiny elite record at that point. All right, last thing, and, and you just mentioned the international games. The only thing about this is travel and getting back and, you know, the, the time, the prep time to get ready for your next game. Usually, and this is not the case with all of these games, you might get the bye after the, the, the overseas game. But there are a couple of these teams that are not – that's not the case. They're coming back, and then they're playing the next week. But you've got Falcons at Jags October 1st. Jags stay over there against the Bills October 8th. Ravens at Titans uh, – Ravens-Titans October 15th. And then Dolphins-Chiefs November 5th and Colts-Patriots. Uh, now, those two last games are in Frankfurt, Germany, which has been great for the league. But I think it's about getting the rest and then coming back and getting the time in that you need to prepare for the next team – Baldy, these international games are great, but they're not easy. No, they're not. But it's it's interesting because Shad Khan, the owner of the Jags, who's got businesses over in London, owns soccer teams, the whole thing. But um, I think this experiment with keeping Jacksonville over for two weeks in a stretch is really a sign of things to come. Like they want a team mm. in Europe, okay, whether it's Frankfurt or whether it's London. So what's it like if you stay over um, accommodations, food, weather, um, practice conditions, preparation? Can we put a team over there, um, you know, for two weeks at a time, come back, play two weeks, have a, 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 a like a, a place in the States where a team could be stationed in London? Let's see what the two-week stretch is like. Let's monitor it. Let's look at the, the good, the bad of it. Like, this is looking to the future, Carl. Yeah. What yeah, this yeah, yeah. Is. And whether it's Jacksonville being a London-based team or whether it's a new team, like, this is a look to the future and making this a global sport by putting a team in Europe. It's a great point. I mean, I've always said, how would this work? accommodations, all the things you're talking about, but this is how you test it out, right? This is this is how you eventually work towards making it happen. Baldy, great stuff, man, as always. Well, uh, one last thing, Carl. It, it's yeah. interesting. Like, I think we have all said this at some point, me, you, a bunch of other. Is the NFL ever going to get oversaturated? Yes. Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night, holiday, Saturdays, games. And now for the first time, they Christmas. got a game on Black Friday oh, on yeah. the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. And you go, that's not like who isn't watching football on Friday after Thanksgiving? Like that's always been a college football, you know, day. Uh, strangle, a strong point is that weekend. And the NFL says, we'll take that Friday. We'll put it, we'll put a game there on Friday after three games on Thanksgiving. We'll just, and I just don't think we're there yet somehow. Like, we're not at the oversaturation point. And I think the NFL is pushing it. Um, but at the same time, we don't seem to be able to get enough. And I thought it was probably pretty smart that Mike North and the group, Howard, you know, the, all the group that does the uh, the scheduling, um, you know, to put that game on, on Friday. Yeah. And by the way, you know, here the NFL is. Christmas Day is usually when a lot of people pay attention to the NBA for the first time, right? Right. No disrespect. NBA starts in October, but, you know, they're getting their, their bearings, and then all of a sudden they've got five games on Christmas Day. It's the Christmas Day special. Yes. And the NFL goes, 
we'll put three games on. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, know. I mean, it's it's just like the balls of the NFL. We'll put three games on uh, and watch. They'll be the highest rated games. Guarantee. I mean, mm-hmm. like, that, that they'll blow the NBA out of the water. Yep. And it's been like the NBA is like, this is our kickoff date. So to your point, I don't believe that's going to happen. I've always said, you know, I was afraid a few years back when we talked about adding a game and I was like, eh, now I love it. Uh, and these additional games, I love it because it's what we do, man. And it's what we love. So yeah, great job, man. And I know you're on, tell the people where they can see you tonight. Oh, uh, so this is Friday. I, we're going to, this podcast will be available here. It's uh, May 12th. So I'll be on uh, tonight, uh, NFL total access, seven to eight Eastern time. And I'll be on, I'm going to be working with Indomitian Sue. Indama! Indomitian Sue next week, uh, NFL Network. Um, uh, each day, seven to eight total access. So I'll be uh, I'll be one of the hosts, one of the analysts. That's so we're, awesome. we're going to get into the, I've already seen the outline of what we're doing tonight. It's it's heavy schedule release and anticipated games and teams that might come out of nowhere, um, you know, to qualify for the playoffs. So we'll, we'll, be, we'll be touching on many of the same things that we just talked about right now, Carl. Baldy, one of the most dominant defensive linemen I've seen in my lifetime in college, just unblockable, right? I mean, literally taking games over. I think we forget sometimes how good it – I just made me think about it, how good Ndamukong Sue was well, coming out of school and then getting in the NFL. Like, we talk about Aaron Donald. Ndamukong Sue was that guy. Well, it's interesting, Carl. So, I, I, I've always followed Ndamukong Sue since he came out of Nebraska, but – uh, you know, he, up until this year, his first 12 years in the league, 12 straight years, never missed one start. Was suspended yeah. for a, a couple of games. Sure. Some things, but never missed a start in durable. 12 straight years. That's durable, man. That's that's incredible. Especially the, that the man, the man took care of himself. Yeah. No, he's you know? he's a beast, dude. I, I just – I remember Nebraska playing Texas. And he's just – Moving guys out of the way, and you, you couldn't block him. So, twelve straight years, never missed game, and was with three Super Bowl teams. Obviously, the Rams team lost to the Patriots. That's right. With uh, you know, with Tampa beating, you know, winning a Super Bowl against the Chiefs, and then this year in Philadelphia against the Chiefs. I mean, three Super Bowl appearances, one win, a lot of playoff games. Uh, Miami, Detroit, you know, the Rams, uh, Tampa. Philadelphia, I mean, excellent career. Whether it's over or not over, I don't know. But, you know, um, you know a very, very uh, good player for a long time. We'll be watching, buddy. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Uh, we're back at this next week, guys, and we'll start to get into some other things now that the schedule is done. But, boy, we got a lot to chop up between now. Yes. Uh, mandatory mini camps, rookie camps getting underway, OTAs. We're going to be taking our looks around the league, guys, so make sure you're here in the huddle with us. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, Jason Lockon for a part of this podcast as well. We appreciate you being here. Subscribe, like us, and tell your friends, guys. Have a great day.